1: business. Get started. AM 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station.
3: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew. In Washington, the U.S. Supreme Court has cleared the way for the administration to use Pentagon funds to build new sections of the border wall with Mexico. Here's correspondent Jackie Quinn.
4: The Supreme Court announced the White House can go forward with plans to use military funds for the wall, and it will lift a freeze on $2.5 billion that was put in place by a lower court in May. This ruling means the Trump administration can tap the funds and begin work on four contracts that it's already awarded. Four of the court's liberal justices were against the start of construction, set to begin to replace existing sections of barrier in Arizona, California, and New Mexico with more robust fencing. Jackie Quinn, Washington.
3: Also at SRNews.com, the so-called Safe Third Country Agreement the U.S. has reached with Guatemala would require migrants, including Salvadorans and Hondurans, who cross into Guatemala on their way to the U.S. to apply for protections in Guatemala instead of amassing at the U.S. border. It could potentially ease the crush of migrants who've been overwhelming the U.S. immigration system. Some questions remain about how the agreement will, in fact, be executed. President Trump says he'd like to wrap up a trade deal with China, but he thinks Beijing might be holding out for the 2020 election.
1: I think China would probably say, let's wait. Let's wait. Maybe Trump will lose and we can deal with another dope. or another-
3: White House Kelly on Conway, uh, Conway says that President Trump has had the upper hand in his dealings with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats over the past couple of weeks.
5: She was forced to put the $4.6 billion of Donald Trump's view for, for humanitarian aid at the border after calling this a manufacturer crisis turned around and passed basically his view of humanitarian aid, which is great, now is going to support his budget.
3: Conway was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network saying that Robert Mueller's testimony this past week did nothing to advance a case for impeachment. This is SRN News. AM
1: 1280, The
3: Patriot.
6: If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. relieffactor.com.
7: We can all agree that a good education benefits students, their family, and society as a whole. Education shapes your child into the person they will become. Join your local hosts, Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin, as they explore how to get the best education for your child while ensuring that the values you're teaching at home are being respected. From cursive to curriculum and everything in between, school is now in session.
1: Education Nation, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot.
7: What do basketball, choir, drama club, and marching band all have in common? They're all high school activities that offer learning opportunities not necessarily found in the classroom. They take up just a fraction of a typical Minnesota high school's budget, and they go a long way to giving young people the tools they need to thrive. High school activities, they're more than extracurricular. They're extra important, too. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.
8: Students come to Online Trading Academy for many reasons. Some love their jobs, but don't make enough money to live the life they dream about. Some aren't happy with their job and hope for something better. And others invest and trade, but just need a better path to improve their returns. We even have students who have never invested or traded before. And they might not even know a stock from a rock, but dream of having extra income. There are better income opportunities than trading your time for money. It's time to learn those skills. Join us at Online Trading Academy so we can show you the path to your financial freedom. Register today for a free investing class by dialing Pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. Again, that's Pound 250 on your cell phone, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com.
9: Online Trading Academy.
1: Radio. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
2: It's time now for Where You Live with
1: Gene Sullivan, the show that deals with the news and events that affect you the most. Whether you rent or own, live in an HOA, single-family home, or an apartment building, Gene will tackle the issues right where you live. So, from the Bank of Omaha Studios, here's the original man of steel, Resolve himself,
2: who stands for Truth, Justice, and the Association Way. Here's Gene Sullivan. Good morning. Welcome to Where You Live. I'm Gene Sullivan, broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. You know, your association members take tremendous pride in their communities, You can help them maintain that pride with custom financing through Mutual of Omaha Bank, a lending expert that's worked with thousands of community associations. So whether you want to purchase real estate or equipment or make repairs to common areas, Mutual of Omaha Bank can meet your needs with a team of dedicated local professionals. Call Tom Ingbloom at 312-209-2623. Mutual of Omaha Bank, member FDIC. I'm also brought to you by the great folks at Extreme Exteriors. It's nice, instead of uh, doing uh, the show remotely, but actually being here in the station today. And good to see your face, uh, Mr. Trevor Kay.
9: Good to see you, too. It's been a while.
2: Yeah. So uh, what's your week been like?
9: Uh, Mostly vacation. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, e- even this week, uh, th- this week too, huh? Yeah, You're just
9: getting back. Late last week, and I came back uh, just a couple of days ago. It would have been Thursday. Okay. Yep. Yep.
2: All right. So. Uh- what did what did you do? A lot of nothing.
9: A uh, little nothing. I should have done more nothing. <laughs> I uh, I volunteered on my vacation time. I went up to Oshkosh, Wisconsin. They've got a big air show there. Oh, that's right. You said uh, you were going going to do that. So that uh, didn't disappoint at all. I bet it never does. It's always incredible. It's uh, the world's busiest. Um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, whatever airport. Yeah. For for an entire week, and the town fills out, and so I camp up there, and I uh, volunteer to help the radio station up there.
2: Okay. Oh that that sounds that sounds cool. That, my my week uh this week um has been frustrating. Mm. And and probably more than anything else it has to do with uh, well anything that uh with my business in property management that uh comes to my desk and it gets escalated to that
9: point. And it takes a bit to get there. It's I guess. it's it's
2: uh, you know, it's not good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's generally, it's generally not. But most of it, I think, I could say this week, I could categorize and say we it was dealing with people who don't know how to compromise.
9: Hmm. Is that and, a running theme, or mostly this week?
2: Um, just that was the running theme this week. I don't know that it's that way all all the time. Sure. But uh, it's it, very frustrating when. Someone has something in their mind and they say, it's got to be this way or the highway, you know, and um, what do you do? There can only be one person right then. And uh, if you try anything else, the person uh, uh, thinks that you are telling them that they're wrong. No, we're trying to do something that both sides could live with. And that uh, can be kind of difficult. But that's going to be a little bit about what we're going to be talking about with some of the stories we have today. So why don't we begin, as we usually do, with Property Management in the News. Property Management in the News is brought to you by Will Tarbox from Country Financial in Maple Grove. Providing insurance to help you protect what matters most. For quality coverage that's affordable, get a quote today from Will At Country Financial, the phone number 763-416-5131. The first uh, story is coming from a blog uh, from a law firm, the law firm of uh, Jackson and Campbell out in Maryland dealing with an issue that people out there uh, are aware of this uh, last week. It's an interesting one that I thought we would take a look at uh, here on uh, the show today. And uh, the story involves um, all of the people who are board members of uh, the Chaplin Woods Homeowners Association. They're a townhome association in Washington, D.C. The board members, uh, there's just uh, three of them, uh, Wilford Welsh. Beverly McNeil, Elvin Elliott. Okay, now Beverly and her husband, the McNeils, uh, they had a unit there at the townhome association at uh, Chaplin Woods, and they turned it into a rental unit. That's fine. That's allowed uh, with the association governing documents. They rented it out though to an, uh, instead of people to individuals. They rented it out to an entity called the Oxford House. Now, the Oxford House is a group home for people recovering from alcoholism and substance abuse. Now, the group home would have in it seven adult women living in this one home, seven unrelated adults, okay? Now, uh, Wilford Welsh was concerned because the HOA governing documents required that every lease must have the name of every person who would be an occupant in the home. That's a standard request that we see uh, if when an association says, uh, here's what we require if you rent out your unit. Uh, good reason for that. Number one, you want to know who are the people that are actually living in the home. Why? For several reasons. Uh, management or the association may need to get in uh, contact with people because of maintenance needs. Um, it's uh, for their benefit, not just the association or management company. Uh, I know some associations go as far as Uh, registering cars and knowing who they belong to. And so if there's something, instead of towing a vehicle, they will give that person a call, a courtesy call. And so there's a lot of reasons for that. But I I think it is uh, a uh, reasonable request to ask that you know who's living there, because when you're living in close proximity, I think uh, people in any community, they want to know, are we dealing with sex offenders? Are we dealing with people who are felons? Do we Are we dealing with uh, other things, a halfway house for people who have been connected, uh, uh, convicted uh, felons and murderers? I think people would probably look a little bit different than they would um, uh, another one. So there are some real reasons for this. Okay, but it uh, the lease was in the name of the Oxford House. It didn't have these women's uh, names at all. Welsh asked the board to do something about getting compliance. That's what a homeowner should do. If the HOA is not doing what they should, you turn to the board. Well, who's the board? The board is Welsh, Beverly McNeil, and this guy named Elliot. And so you know that Beverly uh, uh, McNeil and her husband, we know how they feel about the subject. They think that everything's fine. So, when Welsh says he's turning for the board for compliance, he's really turning to Elvin Elliott and saying, Hey, uh, Elliott, you're going to side with me on this one, aren't you? This is right. Now, can you begin to see the issue here? It wasn't just a matter of a man talking about compliance. We're talking about what I began the, the, the show with. What do you do when you have people that have competing ideas and you don't get people to uh, compromise? People are saying it's got to be one way. It's got to be other. How would you like to be Elliot in that scenario, Trevor? Can I pass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. What would you, do you think you would uh, or do you think that um, you would be able to, uh, to stand up and talk to someone like that?
9: I think I would have to I mean I'm on I'm on the board. yeah. I would be uh, the last conversation I'd want to have.
2: yes I I would say that I don't know about you, but i I'm I'm a middle child, and uh, when I grew up, I know that I was basically the peacemaker. So instead of when people started arguing and people wanted their way, I would jump in and do something comical. I would do something to get people to laugh, to diffuse the situation Yep. because it, um, cause it's harder than just being direct to people sometimes.
9: Well, and that's a real real skill. I, I'm a middle kid, too, so I can relate to some so, of that. Yeah,
2: you can. But I also know that from my job, I'm required to, you can't just do that all the time. You've got you to gotta get involved. And so what happened here? What, what went on at the uh, Chaplin Woods Homeowners Association? What went down? Well, we're going to talk about that more, but we're going to take a break right now. So don't go away. You're listening to me, Gene Sullivan, on Where You Live, on AM 1280 The Patriot. We'll be back in a few. AM
1: 1280 The Patriot.
2: Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM
9: 1280, The Patriot. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Right now, Blue Ox Heating and Air is offering a legendary $49 air conditioner tune-up. For $49, a fully trained and certified Blue Ox technician will come to your home and make sure your system is running smooth and efficiently. If your AC unit needs repair, the tune-up fee counts towards the cost. And don't forget to ask about the Blue Ox No Breakdown Guarantee. Log on to GoBlueOx.com for details. Blue
7: Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service. Install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care.
1: Me, we nursed
2: it. You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. Hey, welcome back to Where You Live. Gene Sullivan here, broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. The show is brought to you also by Extreme Exteriors. You know, you can count on Extreme Exteriors for expert installation of exterior siding, roofing, soffits, fascia decks, windows, and more. With their knowledge and experience, they can design the perfect solution to make your home beautiful and energy efficient. Saving you maintenance and money for years to come. Give them a call at 763-441-1334 and tell them Gene sent you. Before we get back into our subject uh, here today, it's time to hear from the Community
10: Associations Institute. Here is the CAI Minute. Are you a volunteer in your homeowner association? Maybe a residential property manager wanting to increase your industry knowledge and obtain professional credentials in property management. Are you a vendor or professional offering services to homeowners and associations or property managers? If you said yes to any one of those questions, then join the Community Association Institute. The CAI is a great organization, helping you be informed and more proficient in your homeowner association board member or property manager role. It's also a great way to network with potential clients. For nearly 40 years, CAI has provided education and resources to volunteer homeowners who govern community associations and the professionals who support them. Visit cai-mn.com to learn more. That's cai-mn.com. The Minnesota chapter of CAI holds monthly managers' luncheons, board member education training, property manager certification training, and much more. It also produces a bi-monthly informative magazine called Minnesota Community Living. Why not join the Community Association Institute today? You can do so online at cai-mn.com and select Membership. So we're talking
2: about uh, the uh, Chaplain Woods Homeowner Association in Washington, D.C., three board members, one of them, her uh, husband, and, uh, and uh, this woman decide to rent out their unit. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't being done according to the governing documents, which says every name of the people living there needs to be on the lease. It's in the name of an entity, the Oxford House, because it's a halfway house. One board member turns to the uh, other, to the third member of the board, said, we can't allow this. This is against the governing documents. So what would you expect uh, would take place uh, when people deal with conflict? Well, uh, as you can guess, people just tried ignoring it, all right? And uh, so this all started back in 2009. The Oxford House uh, takes the lease from the McNeils, and they move in seven, uh, uh, seven women uh, in uh, their uh, rental unit. Uh, a few years later, uh, the lease renews. Oxford House renews their lease again. The McNeils uh, say, here's the, the new lease again. Welsh is still bothered by this. He's had all this just tucked in. Uh, uh, nicely, and it's been bothering him because they haven't been doing things according to the governing documents. The thing that bothers me through all of this is that um, this guy was bothered, but he just let it be stuff for a long period of time. This woman knew she wasn't doing things in accordance with the uh, governing documents, and she wasn't doing anything either. I got my way, so I guess I don't have to. I'll just ignore everything. That's not a good situation, folks. Uh, you you got to bring things to a head. You've got to learn to be able to deal with it. And so what uh, ended up happening is Welsh once again said, hey, we can't do this. We can't allow this because it's going to happen again. And so we our governing documents have a reason for asking for everybody's uh, name and have their contact information. We should have that. Um, And so. What happens is uh, Elliot, the third member of the board, the second time around, finally sides with Welsh, and so they, uh, so uh, Elliot writes that letter to Beverly McNeil and her husband, saying you're not in compliance. Okay, so how do the McNeils respond after all of that? Uh, Well, uh, do they talk about it outright? Do they say, hey, uh, do they try and say, let's see what we can do to, uh, to uh, get what everybody wants? No, she has the attorney for the Oxford House, who is the entity renting the house, to write a letter to the board. In other words, to her other two colleagues. And they're asking now for a reasonable accommodation for fair housing. Okay, and what was that reasonable accommodation? Forget about asking about this requirement of getting people's names. Uh, Well, the board president uh, is uh, upset. Welsh says, no, I want to take this to court. Uh, The board president says, hey, uh, why don't we bring this to our attorney? Because they, you know, they up the game by putting in an attorney. So they do too. They give the letter. The HOA's attorney comes back Talks to both of them, Elliot and Welsh, and says, I know you're uh, upset, uh, but um, I think uh, this could be a a reasonable accommodation, I think, would be wise for you to make and just live with it. Um, But, of course, Welsh is upset and says that's not going to do. And so, of course, he uh, says, I'm going to I'm going to sue them as an individual on behalf of the association because nobody's in their right mind here. I think the this HOA uh, attorney um, I think he was probably being on the safe side with uh, his uh, uh, legal opinion saying, Hey, it's probably best in this day and age. And I would probably agree. If you have to err on, on any side, you probably want to err on the side of, being lenient and making it a, a reasonable accommodation, because if not you get the, you get the, the full guns of uh, HUD and the state department of human rights and everything, because nobody's going to take a look and ask, is this really reasonable? They're just saying, here's someone who's not giving someone who is a, in a protected class their way. And, and, and I think that's uh, kind of the, what's happening, okay? Well, so he uh, does take it to court, of course. Uh, judge looks at it, and, um, and he uh, decides, and he says, you know what, um, the McNeil said in the, when they court, went to court, they said, we're going to uh, take a look at this, and, um, and we're going to now sue... Uh, And we're going to start uh, uh, an action with uh, HUD, with Housing and Urban Development. And and we're going to do that against Welsh. And the judge said in this uh, case, he said, "Um, here's how I'm going to judge this. He said, of course, you can go to HUD and you can appeal this decision. But the way I see it, I think the judge was trying to go to Compromise. okay? he said of some some degree, he said, look, uh, Mr. Welsh, you do not speak for the board when you speak with yourself. You have to do that with a majority of the voices with the HOA. You did that properly when you went to your uh, colleague and said the second time, let's write a letter that's in non because. The McNeils are noncompliance. That was true. That was right. That was within your authority, and you did. But then they came back and asked for a reasonable accommodation. Your attorney gave you an opinion saying you pro- why don't you do that? Um, that would be that would be a wise thing to do. Now is to give the reasonable accommodation, and so they turned to McNeils and say, "Don't sue Welsh." He was speaking on his own, not against the, as the association. You've got your accommodation. Let's just let things go and and uh, and move on. But, of course, the McNeils don't want to do that at all. And, of course, it's being uh, jacked up further. Okay. so uh, what what's wrong with uh, what's happened here? Why did this situation go so horribly awry to me? there seems like there were a number of things that people could have done that could have prevented it from ever escalating to, um, number one, uh, going to uh, a court appearance uh, before it being now in front of HUD. There could have been things years before that people could have done and said to one another instead of just, like I said before, uh, ignoring it. One, be just letting his feelings get all stuffed and getting angry, more angry and more angry, and the other saying there's absolutely nothing wrong. People, that's not the way to act. There's a lot of times in a homeowner's association, things that we do that could be so small, could be such a small thing to take care of, but because they escalate and they fester, they get to a point where they shouldn't. Well, I'm going to take a look in this next segment on what were things that went wrong and what were some other things that could have been done by this board that could have gotten them out of ever being in court in the first place or having HUD after them in an action lawsuit. But we'll talk about that in the next segment, so don't go away. You're listening to Where You Live on AM 1280 The Patriot.
9: contact minnesotaexteriors.com.
8: One size fits all. It's the biggest lie in the world. Not true for clothes, not true for closets. But most so-called custom closet companies actually use prefab sizes. They just sort of fit all spaces. Closet and Storage Concepts custom builds your design in their shop, so it fits like a tailored suit. You can choose from a huge selection of materials and finishes to reflect your personal style. And because they custom build, they can also outfit your garage, mudroom, craft space, or any other space. Visit closetandstorageconcepts.com
3: so many fabulous faraway
2: places to see You're listening There's to Where You Mexico Live City with Gene Sullivan. Sullivan. Welcome back to Where You Live. Gene Sullivan here broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. This show is also brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. Uh, before we go back into our topic of uh, the, uh, this association in Washington, D.C. where things just got out of hand so quickly Well, maybe not so quickly. It was over a number of years, but it got to a place it shouldn't have been. I just want to let you know quickly that we have some great resources for you. Go to our website, newconceptsgroup.com. There you're going to uh, find uh, webinars that are available 24-7. If uh, you want to know um, how a good homeowners association meeting should be run, what are the roles of the board, How do you read a financial statement? So many other uh, just uh, good things so that uh, you don't feel uh, alone and you don't feel like uh, you don't know what uh, this thing, an HOA, is called. you. we also have some uh, great uh, resources with our preferred vendor directory. We have over 55 categories of people in just about every service that an HOA needs provided for them. And we have people that are the best in the uh, best of the best in this industry, and uh, you can look there and uh, give them a call uh, if uh, you have a need in any in any one of those uh, areas or categories. Well, let's go back. Uh, I mentioned here. Here we are with this uh, situ, uh, situation. The name of the association is uh, Chaplin Woods Homeowners Association in Washington D.C. It got to a place it did, it shouldn't. So let I was asking the question, what went wrong? Okay, well let's begin by looking at the lease here that was uh, that was written. Um, is it okay for a member in a homeowners association to rent their home out to anything other than individuals? That's a good question. Most of the time, I think people would almost always say no. And uh, some of the reasons for that is homeowner associations are a residential community. So they don't want to rent out the unit to a business who would have a business there. Because now you're talking about increased traffic in the community. And if you're dealing with private streets, you're talking about additional wear and tear someone had a business and things uh, being dropped off regularly by uh, trucks you're talking about damage that real damage that could uh, happen where asphalt repairs that were on a schedule for uh, uh, so many years are now shortened because things are happening more quickly all right so there are a number of reasons why HOAs usually prohibit and say No businesses can be in here. Well, this was an entity. This was a business, was it not? They're providing the business of help for people, even though individuals were actually living there. They were providing a business and the business was going to be responsible. That's why the business was on the lease. The McNeils wanted them on the lease because they were the ones who were responsible making the payment. And I know as a landlord, you want the person who's going to be paying to be on the lease. I'm not going to enter into a lease with you when you uh, and have your name on, but you're, you tell me your mom and dad are the ones that are going to make the payment. No, if your mom and dad are making the payment, they're going to be on the lease as well. But uh, this it didn't happen. It was just the Oxford House. It wasn't in compliance um, and that's, uh, that was fair. Uh, why do the HOA governing docs uh, say that uh, you shouldn't uh, operate a business? I've just shared with you some of the reasons why. That makes sense. That's not really the situation here. So a case could be made, well, this is a little bit different entity than most businesses, uh, perhaps. Uh, but then there's going to be uh, other liabilities, possible, uh, possibly, that uh, could... Uh, that. Uh, liability that the HOA could have. And uh, in here, they don't have the names of who the individuals are. That's something that uh, there are a number of reasons why that needs to take place. And I've shared with you, that's very important. Okay. Uh, Next, you know, the association's requirement for having the names of the individuals on the lease. Is that reasonable? I've said, I've just said it. Yes, it is. We talked about why. It is so important. Okay, uh, you know, an HOA uh, isn't it important to know in all of the rules that you have as you take a look at. Uh, here was a rule that said no, uh, nobody could uh, lease a unit unless all the names of all the people who were going to be living there were on the lease, so we knew know who were going to be. Uh, relating to. Okay. That's important. But why is it important for an HOA to have those names? Is it important to have those names just for those names sake? No, it is important because like I said, you need to deal with maintenance from time to time. You may need to, you want to know who's living there because you have have a community that uh, you want to have taken care of and you want people to, to feel safe. there are a number of reasons why you need to know. But that got me to thinking why could, didn't this association look at things differently? you know why why wasn't it why wasn't the question asked? you know um, Welsh just said, you're not doing it by the book. You're not doing it by the book. Uh, why didn't uh, McNeil say, well, we want the names for these reasons, right? Yes. Um, even though the Oxford House is on the lease, can I provide you with the names and the phone, cell phone numbers of the people living there? So, if you need to get a hold of them, you can. And you,
9: you know what? That uh, that would take care of it, wouldn't it? Now, slow down. This is starting to sound a little bit like compromise. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
2: And, and But but McNeil wasn't offering anything like that at all. And I don't know why Welsh didn't think about, well, you, you don't have rules just for the sake of rules. You have rules for a reason. And those reasons need to make sense. And when you know what those are, um, nobody also can, uh, went to the people uh, on the board. They didn't put their heads together and they didn't say, wait a minute. You know, McNeil also didn't, offer the names, but McNeil also, you know, didn't offer to say, how about if we take a look at uh, changing the governing documents? Okay, I know I'm not in compliance, but why don't we go before the annual meeting of the homeowners? Why don't we take this to a vote? And why don't we take a look at actually changing the governing documents? What a concept. A lot, of, a lot of associations do that. They say, you know what, I'm not well served with the way how things were written originally. And so we don't want to deal with that anymore, so we can change it. They could have changed it, and they could have done so in a civil manner. Because when you go through that process, like I've talked about before, of having the special meeting and uh, going through that and, and getting that changed, You are doing so because you have an agreement of a supermajority of the people in the association. And for most HOAs, it'll vary, but most will be somewhere between two-thirds and three-quarters. So, you know, of all homeowners need to agree to changing the rules, changing the words in the governing documents. That could have been done. And then Welsh, who had this problem that, hey, we're on the board and we're not doing things in compliance. I think he made a a good point there. We can't just turn our head and just say it's not there. But he was only thinking in the small box, uh, you know, do this, do this. Nobody was thinking we could change the governing documents in a in a civil and a correct way. You know, maybe we could still provide the information. That we that we need. But nobody's thinking of this. Okay, And I'm surprised when you take a look at this situation, no one's even looked at this. Um, And that is the number of unrelated occupants allowed in a single dwelling. You know, HUD and uh, the Department of uh, Human Rights, they have uh, come out on the side that um, you can't say. To families, you've got too many people in uh, in a unit. So uh, I've had this situation many times where in a condo association, the uh, the board said in a two bedroom you can't have more than four people. You know, thinking of a mom and dad and maybe two kids, because otherwise that's getting too crowded. And that was the way a lot of governing documents and condos were written. But now you have people coming. Uh, who are immigrants, and they have larger families, and they are, and you may have seven, eight, nine people in a, uh, something like that. And associations have said, "Hey, you've got too many people." According to our governing documents, HUD's turned around and said um, that is uh, uh, that is discrimination based on family status. Um, I don't know that I uh, necessarily. Uh, agree to it to the extent that Hud does but i understand that that's the law of the land and that's what you must do and so when it comes to a family you can't have un, you can you can have more than uh uh more than a, a certain certain number of people if it's all the same family in minneapolis that number is 5 did you know that you could have a 10 bedroom 50,000 square foot house, 27 bathrooms. And if you had seven unrelated people, you wouldn't be allowed if it's a single single home, if it's a single unit. But if you had a 650 square foot, one bedroom home and you had 10 people that were all family members, yes, they could all live there. So the idea of uh, the. uh, of unrelated adults, uh, nobody talked about that. Washington D.C. can't be any different than Minneapolis, can it? I'm sure they have a, a uh, they have a max maximum occupancy level. Uh, I remember that this maximum occupancy level was something that came into play when I was in college at the University of Minnesota. Uh, there, we were rented we rented out uh, about. Uh, six or seven of us, uh, a single family home. And then of course we were told by the city of Minneapolis, you can't do that. So, uh, on un- unrelated adults, that's not a protected class. Couldn't they've gotten around it, uh, another way. What I'm saying is there's there folks, there are other things that could have done, could have been done, could have been looked at other things that people, uh, people should have just been aware of. And so, my my point is, what should have happened through all of this, it shouldn't have gone to court like it did. It shouldn't have uh, uh, elevated to uh, people getting so angry that uh, HUD gets involved, because that doesn't make, uh, that doesn't help any situation here. The end result, you had a situation where there was a uh, a request made for a reasonable accommodation, the association's attorney said you should give it, and it was given. Um, and so it should have just stopped there. It shouldn't have escalated to uh, trying to, with the McNeil's trying to make a Welsh a target and just make him really pay for it. And it wasn't good for Welsh to con- just continue on. People, there could have been other things that everybody could have done, could have come to the table to made other changes to not allow this happen. It's kind of a sad situation. Well, we're going to take another break. Don't go away. We've got one more segment uh, here on Where You Live, and we'll be back in just a few. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot.
5: Many financial services companies say they're unique. Thrivent Financial blends faith, finances, and generosity, helping Christians be wise with money and live generously. With a full range of financial products, we'll help you connect your faith and finances. Have a conversation about money with Carol Woods, your local financial representative, at 952-658-8753.
1: Licensed agent producer of Thrive and Financial, marketing name for Thrive and Financial for Lutherans, registered representative of Thrivent Investment Management Inc. Private.com slash disclosures.
4: According to a recent Barna study, schools are seen as a negative influence on faith formation. Church leaders view parents, churches, and Christian communities as positive influences on a child's spiritual life. However, children are spending most of their daytime weekday hours at school, which is perceived by many church leaders as a negative influence. A good Christian school can provide a strong Christian community to help positively influence your child's spiritual formation. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we believe in the power of Christian education so much, we have partnered with local Christian schools to offer half-off your child's first year of tuition. It's our half-off tuition program. To find out if the school you are considering is part of this program and to take another great step in your child's faith formation, call me, Alyssa Brecken at 651-289-4406. That's 651-289-4406. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com
3: Smile, such as yours, warms an old implacable heart, such as mine. Don't say no because I insist.
2: You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. Somewhere, somewhere Welcome back to Where You Live. Gene Sullivan here, broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. The show is also brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. Well, we've got uh, just a few minutes before we wrap up uh, today's show. Wanted to uh, point your attention to uh, another article, this one coming from the New York Guardian just about a week ago. And it's an article that deals with uh, a package of tenant reforms has been identified as far and away the most important thing that government can do. What are these... uh, Tenant reforms, well, this is coming from uh, Great Britain. And uh, in Great Britain, they have uh, the uh, Communities Secretary. The Secretary, the uh, Department of Communities, I think, is the same as our Department of HUD. And his name is uh, James Brokenshire. He came out re- recently with a package of reforms dealing with landlord-renter relationships. And the reform includes two things. Number one, what do you think of this? Public access to government records on all rogue landlords listed with the government. And two, abolishing what has been known as the Section 21 notice. Well, let's talk about both of those, okay? Tenant advocacy groups uh, chimed in right away. The chief executive of one called Shelter, a Neat said, this will offer renters a better chance of protecting themselves and their families. Dan Crewe, who is the director of Generation Rent, said another victory for renters. But let's take a look at what these things will actually accomplish. Uh, first of all, um, we're talking about public access to the register that the British government has been keeping on the worst landlords. Which currently this information has been gathered and available only to local authorities. They've been pulling, uh, calling this information together for the purpose of being able to help local authorities, such as police, in tracking down uh, sex and, uh, and drug offenses, uh, in, in homes. Also being able to cooperate with city building inspectors who keep track of minimum housing repair standards. Uh, for uh, the health and uh, safety of uh, people um, in their country. Well, last year, apparently, uh, Britain's Prime Minister Theresa May made a pledge to open this register up for other people, and uh, other people got excited uh, because they said tenants will now be able to look up their landlords and letting and letting agents. That would be leasing agents. Um by name, on this database to check their track record. That's not a bad idea, you know. Um, It says that the database has the potential to ensure that uh, the the landlords who have poor quality homes across the country in Great Britain would improve their standards because now they've got a report card that other people can take a look at. And so it might kind of help uh, the standard all along. What do you think about this? I think that possibly could be uh, a good idea. Um, the, uh, some people were complaining about it because they said, you know what, um, uh, there are some 10,500 rogue landlords. I don't know who came up with that. I think when people say some and they don't point to any statistics or any kind of study, um, I think... Uh, that's a kind of way of just kind of bloviating in my in, uh, in in my mind here and just kind of making up to to make their point. OK, uh, but uh, the uh, secretary of uh, communities, uh, uh, Broken Shire, said that, yes, there are a few landlords on it now. But uh, as it continues to grow, because people are going to continue to uh, be in court, court cases and court decisions will be in there. So this database will be a growing thing and will be more important to people all along. That's a, that's a good point, and I think uh, something uh, worth looking at. The second reform I have, uh, I think, is very bad, and that's abolishing a form called the, 21, the Section 21 Notice. The Section 21 Notice means that you have a relationship where you have a landlord-tenant that's on a month-to-month basis, Now, a month-to-month basis, it can be written or it can be oral, uh, you know, uh, oral agreement. But it just says, uh, hey, we both are coming into this with the the same understanding. If I'm going to leave, Mr. Uh, Landlord, I will give you a 30-day notice. The Section 21 notice says you're going to give, uh, you have to give the renter the same 30-day notice if you don't want to rent to them again. Seems fine to me. People, they're calling it. They're calling uh, this um, the no fault eviction. And as I've talked to you about before, it is not an eviction. You know, um, why, you know, people are using it and using uh, this name over and over again as a way to kind of draw sympathy for something that it is not. Why shouldn't it be fair and right and a level? playing field, as I see it, when you have both the landlord and the tenant who have the same agreement with one another. There's nothing wrong with that at all. If the renter wants to leave and gives a proper notice and leaves according to the the lease, there's no problem. But if the landlord says, you know what, I think I want to choose to rent to someone else, it could be for no other reason other than I've got a family member, you know what, and I kind of want to give them a deal now instead of uh, uh, having you as a renter. You've been a good renter, but I want a family member. I want someone else, you know. Maybe they're thinking, we're going to move back in the house eventually ourselves. Or maybe they're going to say, you know what, we're looking at actually doing some remodeling and what we want to do. There's a lot of reasons, folks. But that's the landlord's property. Isn't it their property to do with it what they want? These are some of the things that uh, I, I think uh, ought to be looked at. But this idea of the no-fault eviction, well, it is not an eviction at all, and it's a, a misnomer. And I think we should probably talk about it uh, more next week, but we're out of time. So have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you here next week on Where You Live.
1: There are many perks to being a member of the Freedom Fan Club. Join this month and you can register to win a signed copy of Soaring to Glory, incredible first-hand accounts from the Tuskegee Airmen and their heroism in the face of discrimination. Join today at am1280thepatriot.com. Our Freedom Fan Club is brought to you by Lucky's Stations and their nine metro locations. Visit them at Luckystations.com.
2: Millions plan for retirement online, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home, and give yourself
9: the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing
2: you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov.
8: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.